Chris Wendelkin, and this is On the Line, my NBA podcast, where I talk to friends of mine living around the country about all things hoops. Uh, we do some NBA deep dives, drafts, news from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at onthelign underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Email me any questions you have about the league, about your fantasy team, if you want an opinion, whatever. I don't care. Onthelinepod at gmail.com. Last, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe to the show in Stitcher. That's a new one. Or iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. All right. I hope you guys are, uh, I hope you had an awesome Christmas and, and holiday. I hope you're spending time with your family and your friends and you're enjoying all the madness and craziness of, uh, of the NBA, the, uh, the Christmas Day games, the New Year's Eve slate, the, uh, the New Year's Day schedule I know is packed, the NBA, uh, NBA hoops never stop and uh, thankfully neither does the pod so I'm, I'm happy you guys are getting a new ep here today. Uh, real quick, uh, we announced this last week but in case you missed it, you can now stream the podcast from our very own official website. Uh, there's also an archive of all our older amazing past episodes so if you ever want to hop into a deep dive or revisit uh, one of the previous drafts uh, you know maybe best NBA haircuts maybe it's best NBA enforcers whatever it is check it out www.onthelinepodcast.com that's www.onthelinepodcast.com uh, yeah, I like it. I think it looks good. Maybe you'll like it too. Let me know what you think. Shoot me an email. And now without further ado, here it is, the uh, the NBA nicknames draft with the one, the only, the incomparable Ben Craw. All right, we are back on the line. Uh, we got Ben Craw. We're doing another draft, BC. Uh, Christmas right. is now in the books. It is New Year's Eve. How you doing? How you feeling? Are you ready Happy for... New- for the uh, nicknames draft, you know I am. Um, yeah. You know I got a lot of good presents uh, over Christmas, but mm-hmm. this is this is the one that I was waiting for. I tell honestly. you what, that uh, that tree draft was a pretty nice Christmas gift, huh? Yeah, yeah. There's 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 one gift that uh, that that Santa can't can't bring, and that's that's a draft <laughs> with, uh, with with my favorite draft partner here hey, on the line. Here we go. Um, All right. So we are going to be drafting NBA nicknames here, BC. Yes. Um, anything you want to say in advance before we dive into it, or uh, or should we just um, should we just hop in? As as always, you know these these selections are going to be highly personal. Um, it's just the nickname, whatever the, it that category means to us. It's not necessarily like yes. you know the most famous or right. the most uh, successful even. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Well, I think we saw our... that. We saw that with with the tree draft, right? There were a lot of guys where it was like, oh, he right. didn't have he didn't guy? necessarily have the greatest career. In fact, part of the reason someone was or was not a tree was based on like, well, is he too good to be a tree or is he not sure. good? Yeah. So, it's it's purely, you know, these are very personal based choices and uh, and you yeah. just have to have to listen to your heart. Yeah. And I do have some very very like specific parameters that I used in in, in judging these nicknames, but Great. we can we can get into that once we get into the, the selection. Excited so. to hear that. And are we going uh, 5 rounds or or 10 rounds here? You know what? Um, it's I, totally your call. If you want to go seven rounds, we can go five rounds. We can go ten rounds. I don't know what your time restrictions are like. Yeah, um, what, I could whatever go you need. ten, but I could also do like five and then like a bunch of like Great. honorable mentions. Let's do that. I, think, that, I yeah. think that's smart. I think that's smart. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, well, um, I am on the board. Uh, we swung a draft day trade last that's week right. in the that's tree right. draft. So yeah. um, I historic. 
first I, time. I, I have acquired trade. I have acquired the first overall choice in the, the nickname rights, draft. The rights to the number one pick. And let me say, I am ecstatic to select yeah. 11-time NBA All-Star, um, a, uh, a guy that was named the most valuable player in 2001, a guy that's very special to you and I. He is uh, Allen Iverson, the uh, answer. Ladies and gentlemen, your first overall selection, Allen Iverson, the answer in the inaugural uh, nickname draft. Um, wow. Allen Iverson. So the name, uh, the nickname, uh, the answer came about, you know, as a rhetorical answer to the question like, who will lead the NBA post Michael Jordan? And right. the answer, ladies and gentlemen, is Allen Iverson. Who will put Philadelphia back on the map in terms of NBA basketball? The answer is Allen Iverson, who will lead... Right. Who will, who will win four scoring titles, an MVP? Uh, who will drag the Sixers to the 2001 NBA Finals? The answer is Allen Iverson, BC. As we've documented in our ongoing podcast series, Allen Iverson played with a reckless abandon, hazardous oh, style of play, and he put his body on the line, and he deserves a place amongst the all-time greats. And it's uh, it's my pleasure, my honor to um, to wax poetic about Allen Iverson on the podcast. So you know um, what? Yeah, I'm happy for I'm just happy for Allen. Me too. Um, because I I definitely feel like one of the greatest uh, disservices that we ever did was not selecting him in our hair draft. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't know what we were thinking with that one, and I feel like we've been you know we've been trying to make it up to him ever since. Honestly, no doubt. And I do feel like you know. The answer, right? Like, what does like that symbolically represent? It was to me very much like a, uh, a sea change, right? In the NBA, mm-hmm. it was a it was a moment wherein we said there's a changing of the guard that's happening. We are moving from a corporate NBA. We are moving from Michael Jordan's corporate NBA into a bit of a more hip hop uh, renegade like rogue NBA where. You know, like people are going to be free to make their own choices and people are going to be free to be expressive and be themselves and not apologize for who they are and where they've been and what they've gone through. And Allen Iverson very much embodied that, right? He was the answer for the new NBA. And um, it is my pleasure and my honor to select AI, the answer, Allen Iverson, with the first overall selection in the NBA nicknames draft on the line. Fantastic choice. Um, also, have to give a quick shout out. Um, we we touched on this briefly, I think, in uh, in one of the earlier episodes of our um, AI deep dive. But um, but we should credit the originator of the nickname. It was one of uh, Iverson's That's childhood right. buddies, Jamil Blackman. That's right. Um, and they were. Uh, it's insane you know, like, that we know details like the name <laughs> Jamil Blackman. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't didn't even have to look that up. Uh, Let me just say, PC. Can you imagine? <laughs> A year ago, even nine months ago, <laughs> if I was like, guess what? In yeah. like a year from now, you're going to be on a podcast and just be able to like pull the name Jamil Blackman out of your ass yeah, and be Blackman, like, that's you know. the guy that created the name, the answer for yeah, Alan I know, Iverson. I know intimate details of, of Iverson's life. What have we done? Uh, what have we done with ourselves? Were like, just, they were like hanging out, like folding laundry one night, I believe, uh, just brainstorming nicknames. Jesus. And uh, yeah, it was Blackman we who, know. who blurted it. We know way too much about this shit. Uh, yeah. Thank God for this so podcast. Sh- shouts to him for coming up with it and, and Iverson for embracing it. And it was also, I believe, his first tattoo, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The answer. You, great, great pick. Wow. Thank you. You're on Fantastic the clock. Pick. Give us a nickname that you like. 
All right. So much like the and so I when we did our our trade our uh, our, our draft day trade yeah. um, in the previous episode was that difficult for you? Like what was running through your head? Like it so when you're when, when you're calculating, okay, that means I can't go first overall in nicknames, yeah. but I should be able to get such and such with the second pick. Here's the thing. So I I knew who I wanted um, number one in both drafts. Yeah. Um, and I was and I was just it was a totally strategic calculation where I was afraid Same. that um, you might take my first pick in the trees draft, but mm-hmm. I was pretty confident that I'd have my selection in, in the nicknames. nicknames draft waiting for me. Yep. And uh, sure enough, it, it paid off. That gamble paid off. So I'm happy to say that I am able to select my. Uh, you know, when we came up with the idea for this draft, um, oh, also, should it, I feel like to backtrack a little bit, um, should we should we make a mention of uh, of a I don't know if you could call them like a competitor of ours, um, but I feel like it, it's sort of um, uh, it, it's it's I feel obligated to mention that we're not technically the first uh, NBA podcast to do a nicknames draft. Right. Um, and I feel like I should I should give a shout out, but also perhaps fire a bit of a shot. Oh, my God. At, at the Buckets podcast. Wow. Here it is. Um, okay. Floor is yeah. your SBC. Go ahead. So, I mean, listen, I don't want to get into it. You know, uh, we don't need to, like, create a beef or anything like that. Um, but let's just say that they had a they had a draft of their own, but it wasn't really a draft. Would you agree with that, Chris? No, it wasn't a draft. Yeah, they. I, I think if I remember correctly, they went through nick, NBA nicknames alphabetically, right? Yes, they called it a draft, but um, but by the definition of a draft for the three people in our audience that are listening <laughs> that are understanding this reference our friend amir blumenfeld and billy skifuri uh did a podcast on amir show called buckets they went through nba nicknames it's delightful it's fun you guys should all find it and listen to it but it is different from what we are doing which is definitively a draft yeah yeah so just just so just so everyone knows, uh, you know we're we're aware. Thank you for of, firing that salvo, BC. <laughs> you know, a friendly salvo to our my uh, goodness, our our compatriots, our um, you know, our our colleagues on the uh, on the other other podcast. Um, anyway, yeah. So um, my first pick, uh, and now so with with nicknames. All right, like there's obvious ones that we all know. Yeah. Um, there's the famous ones. But um, my sort of um, my requirements for a nickname. Yeah. Number one, it has to just be an awesome nickname on its yes. own. It just has to sound incredibly cool. Um, it also has to fit the person. Yes. Um, like just like in this sort of yes. you know, magical, like ineffable way. Like it just has to like be like the name that defines them. Right. Um, which is hard to kind of uh, put your finger on, but you just know it when you, when you hear it. Um, and then, uh, ideally it should have like a cool backstory or yeah. some sort of like, um, so, and actually um, let me just say credit to Amir and Billy on buckets for discussing this. For instance, like I remember they talked about the name, like Dwight Howard had the nickname like D 12. That to me, yeah is not a nickname if it is or isn't a nickname if that's a nickname it's uninspiring because all it essentially is is a the letter d for dwight and the number 12 which is the number he wore and that doesn't really tell me anything about the way he played or like how he played i'm looking for a name that kind of comments and describes on the way this person played the style of basketball 
not just the way they play the game, but even like their whole persona. Yes, and like exactly. the, the essence of like their spirit. Tell and, me something about this person. Don't just tell yeah. me like their number and their first initial. Right. I need I need an almost like poetic like yeah. descriptor. Like um, CP3 does nothing for me. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I mean, honestly, like as you'll see throughout this draft like i there are no let's suffice to say there are no modern nicknames in my Great. on my draft board fantastic um and so anyway without further ado i'll just word it out my number one pick the best nickname in my opinion in nba history chocolate Thunder. i love it i love Darryl it Dawkins. i love it um yeah so it's just the it's the best nickname it's it's the most evocative and and poetic i mean it just sounds cool, like mm-hmm. on its own. Chocolate thunder. Absolutely. What the fuck does that even mean? Exactly. How can thunder be chocolate? How can chocolate create thunder? It doesn't make any sense Here's at all. Here's the thing: like you could never have seen chocolate thunder play basketball, and if you said to somebody there was this guy who played basketball named Chocolate Thunder, you're like, "Holy shit, that sounds yeah. amazing!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was, and it just, it's just so perfect. It fits him so perfectly. Obviously, you know, we don't need to tell you guys about Daryl Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about him before, but he had thunder dunks, and he was a awesome, humongous, very dark-skinned black man, and he just played the game and lived life with like the most uh, ebullient, fun-loving personality, like just an absolutely like um you know uh, unrestrainable like energy and force um and yeah he's one of my favorite all-time players and on top of all that do you know the backstory of how he got the nickname i do not so this may or may not be true daryl Dawkins was known to um you know um uh uh you know perhaps invent things from from uh from time to time but i'm gonna go ahead and believe it because it's just too good he claims that um when back in his playing days, um, Stevie Wonder used to come to a lot of the 76ers basketball games and Stevie would have a guy with him sitting, you know, alongside him to tell him what was going on in the game, obviously, because Stevie Wonder's blind. And the guy would say, hey, the big chocolate guy just put down a thunder dunk. Wow. The chocolate guy with another monster dunk. And so after the game, Stevie would, you know, come to the locker room and, yeah. and hang out with the guys and, and, you know, chat with Moses Malone and Julius Irving and all these guys and, uh, at one point, you know, Daryl Dawkins, who was a, a lesser known, you know, he was a, a younger kind of lesser known player compared to those guys. But um, but but uh, as the legend goes, Stevie came up to him and uh, and, you know, sort of introduced himself. And the guy said, oh, yeah, that's the guy. And, and Stevie looked at him and said, oh, you're the uh, you're you're the guy that the, the big chocolate guy with the thunder dunks. You must be chocolate, chocolate thunder. thunder. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. And uh, and basically Daryl Dawkins, the way he says it is like, you know. If he couldn't even see me, but he was able to come up with that nickname, I'm good with that. Like, I'll wow. keep that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, on top of everything, it was a nickname created by one of the great artists and poets of, uh, of all time, Stevie Wonder. Um, so, yeah. I don't think there's a really... Can't debate it. it. Chocolate Thunder is the best nickname. Fantastic. I love that. I love that pick for you. Yeah. All right. I'm up um, with my, with my uh, third overall choice. I'm going to take... The man known as the Rain Man, Sean Penn. Uh, great so from 1990 to 1997, Sean Kemp was a beast in Seattle. For, for younger fans in the audience, in terms of athleticism above the rim, this guy was the prototype 
uh, for athletes of today, guys like Blake Griffin or even, frankly, Zion Williamson, they mm-hmm. were watching and trying to model themselves in terms of above-the-rim athleticism mm-hmm. off Sean Kemp. He didn't just dunk BC. He posterized people. He was a high-flying, uh, furious, angry dunker. And, um, you know, obviously he had a sort of sad uh, second half, uh, kind of tragic second half of his career, um, yeah. marred by, by some drinking and substance, substance abuse issues. But in his heyday in Seattle, Sean Kemp was a bad, bad man. And My God. I love this nickname um, to, to your point because it speaks to both the style of his play but also to the location of his game. I mean, when I think mm-hmm. of Sean Kemp, I think of the Seattle Supersonics. And he played above the rim, and he was raining down on the entire Western Conference, on the entire NBA. He was catching alley-oops from Gary Payton. And, of course, the, Siana, uh, the, the Supersonics were based in the rain-heavy uh, location of Seattle, Washington. Um, Sean Kemp, the rain man, we 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 uh, revere this guy. He was uh, an NBA great. I love the nickname. It just it it made so much sense. Raining down, uh, Sean Kemp, my uh, third overall selection in the uh, nicknames M- NBA draft. Great pick, great pick. It's so funny. I love how like we always like we we fall into these familiar patterns where like I always lean towards. History? Like the 70s and 80s, yeah. and you always go with your 90s childhood. It's great. Yeah, Perfect. I do great feel tech. like, you know, my, yeah, I feel like my choices were very much rooted in like my, yeah, like my emotional connection to the league. Yeah, of course. It makes perfect sense. Yep. All right, All right. you're on the clock. What do you want? So with my uh, second overall pick, um, I am, again, going to be influenced by my History. heavy, heavy 70s bias. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pick, if not the best nickname, certainly the coolest nickname, and that is George Gervin Iceman. Yeah, the Iceman. Of course. Yeah, the Iceman. Yep. Um, it, just, it just worked perfectly. He yep. was the coolest. He... Yep literally didn't sweat when he played basketball he had the coolest game he had the coolest signature move the finger roll which we've discussed before um he had the absolutely iconic legendary uh, nike poster where he's sitting on a literal throne of ice that's right um in his uh in his warm-up jerseys uh which by the way he had ice written on the back of his warm-up jersey um wow. it also just worked perfectly um that he played for the Spurs because I feel like that, that black and white Jersey just kind of like, it felt like, like the uniform of an Iceman. <laughs> yes. If that makes sense. Like yes. it wouldn't really work if he was the Iceman wearing, I don't know, like blue or green. Um, but that like cool icy gray of mm-hmm. the Spurs Jersey. Um, and, uh, and yeah, as a, as a little backstory, um, it was in the ABA where he acquired his nickname. I believe it was his first year in the league. Um, playing with the Virginia Squires and his uh, his nickname, a guard named Fatty Taylor, which is a great nickname in its own right, um, took a look at Gervin one day and, and called him Iceberg Slim, um, which is the the uh, the nickname of a of a famous pimp who I guess at the time had just written like a best selling like autobiography about his life uh, on the streets of Chicago and um, and from there it just kind of uh, evolved into into Iceman. Um, and it really just, yeah, it just kind of like stuck because how could it not? It was just like the perfect descriptor of 
Gervin the player, of Gervin the man. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's why it's my number two pick, Iceman. Wow, I love it. All right, with, uh, with, with my next selection in the draft, um, this is now my third, uh, my third pick here. Yeah, um, moving right along. Love it. I'm going to go with uh, Walt Clyde God damn Frazier. It. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I couldn't, uh, I, I'm seeing a trend here uh, with you leaning into history, and I can't let you take this one from me. How could you? You so, knew it. You knew it. When the classic gangster film Bonnie and Clyde, starring Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty, came out in 1967, uh, it inspired a lot of different fashion, right? And uh, uh, Walt Clyde Frazier obviously was inspired by this. He started wearing the large brimmed hats of uh of one uh clyde and um and so the name stuck one of the trainers from the knicks tagged walt clyde frazier uh with the nickname clyde and yeah, uh danny danny whalen that's legendary, right danny legendary whalen. championship trainer yeah? that's right that's right that's right so um you know obviously clyde is a legendary you know legendary nick he's a renowned He's renowned uh, for his style on the court, off the court, in and out of the MSG broadcast booth. Um, While Clyde Frazier is an institution, so much so, BC, that to be honest with you, I didn't always fully comprehend that Clyde was even a nickname. Yes, I forgot to say, that's probably my fourth requirement for a great nickname. It literally has to be if it could pass as just a if, name. if it could just pass as a name if you could right. say oh that's clyde frazier or yeah. oh that's the answer if people or, refer to you by your nickname more often than they refer to you as your actual name oh that's then, the rain man if people yeah. know who they're you're referring to that if it could pass as a real name then right. that's it's that's solid gold so Absolutely. um yeah. agree more. i mean i grew up listening to walt clyde frazier again leaning into the emotionality of it i grew up listening mm-hmm. to walt clyde frazier on the radio listening to nick's games on wfan in new york and um yeah he's clyde to me he's clyde he's not even walt clyde he's he's just clyde frazier yeah mike, um, mike breen his broadcast partner always calls him clyde yeah clyde that's um, clyde yeah Yes. Like you would never. It would almost be like like weird and and almost like insulting maybe to refer to him as Walt, Walt. at this point. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, what are you doing? No, my name's Clyde. Like it's Clyde. That's right. So yeah. uh, the, my third selection is Walt Clyde Frazier. Uh, BC, you are on the clock with you your next son nickname. of a bitch. Come on, you absolutely. I had to do what I had one. to do. Yeah. You snatched that one from my fingertips. Come on. Um, you knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh, one last note about. What, did you um, want me to wait until the fifth round to? Do, I mean, he was not going to be there in the fifth round. I know, I know. FYI, he I just did, jumped I up my picking him too. He jumped up my draft board because I saw where this was going. So <laughs> he just he jumped several people on my board, and I was like, it's either now, it's either I take Walt now, or he's gone. He's not there. Or you're the not going to see him ever yeah, again. Exactly. Yeah, there's no way you're sniffing him again. There you go. Well. I mean, that's the mark of a, of a great player, a great drafter. Yep. You know what you're doing. Yep. Um, one last quick little detail about Clyde. Uh, I think that it's important to note is that um, he was dressing like that, and he got and he got that nickname from the Knicks trainer in 1967-68, his rookie season. So he was, like, that much of a baller and that confident. That's incredible. Is a rookie. Like, you know, you think of a rookie, and you're like, all right, you don't know what the hell you're doing in this league. Yeah. You know, you haven't, he hasn't accomplished jack shit yet. 
and already he was dressing like Clyde Barrow from Bonnie and Clyde. Like so, that's the kind of that's the kind of balls he had. I want to put this out there now. We're you and I are going to do a deep dive on Walt Clyde Frazier. I'm going to read the yes, book that you. I'm going to read the book that you gave me over Christmas break, and uh, when we come back in the new year. Um, we're going to do a deep guy, a deep dive on this guy's life and career. Yes. And there's just a, so a much lengthy, to lengthy book review. Um, yes. our, our first OTL book review. That would be I cannot wait, just cannot tremendous. Wait for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The OTL book club. Um, all right. You are on the clock, BC. Give me a nickname that you like. All right. Well, um, you know, since you stole Clyde from me, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to double down on the, on oh, the 1970s. No. Oh no. And I'm going with number seven. Pistol Pete Marriage. Oh, God. Pistol Pete. He's on my board. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yep. It's it's one of the best nicknames rolling off the tongue. It just works. The alliteration is, is couldn't be better. Um, it fits the man uh, to a T. Yep. You know, his his whole gunslinger style. Um, he earned the nickname. I'm, I'm like, again, like, this is, this is like, earns it major points. Um, uh, it was long before he was famous. It was back in high school. Um... Uh, and it was just because of his uh, his shooting style. He sort of like shot the ball off of his like a, like a sidearm off of his hip, um, and so it was like you know before he was ever even in college, it was just his high school teammates and coaches gave him the nickname Pistol, um, and it just stuck with him because it, it just fit his his playing style so perfectly. Um, uh, at various points in his career, uh, he actually had the name Pistol in quotes on the back of his game jersey. Um, which I feel like if you can say that, that's that's a nickname that's uh, that's really it. established itself. Um, it. Yeah, uh, just you know his long hair, his goatee, Pistol Pete. You know, like all all apologies to uh, to Pete Sampras, but like that's not Pistol Pete. Like there's only one Pistol Pete, and it's Pistol Pete Maravich. All right, I'm on the clock. How do you feel about going a couple extra rounds here? You think you have it in you? I mean, we're we're flowing. We're we're we're, we're flying. These, so. I think we we could probably easily get to seven rounds. Let's yeah. Uh, let, I think you're right. Okay, all right. Let's keep it going, baby. Okay, so next on my board, I'm gonna give you uh, Vince Carter, half man, uh, half amazing, or Vincenity. So after the nineties, yeah. looking at looking at his resume, eight time NBA All Star, uh, NBA Rookie of the Year, NBA Slam Dunk Contest champion in in two thousand. Um, this guy, you know, we just did a uh, Raptors podcast with Dan Rosen a few weeks ago. A, an incredibly right. complicated legacy with Vince Carter. He, uh, you know, it, it, and that ties into the nicknames, I think. Um, they speak the nicknames, Vince Sanity, Half Man, Half Man, Half Man, Half Amazing, Air Canada. Um, they're, they speak to the kind of complicated promise and grace and potential of this guy. And uh, for starters, I think it's important to note that Vince Carter, Vince Carter might be the greatest dunker of all time. You know, he. I would agree with that statement. If if he wasn't the greatest dunker of all time, he might have the single greatest dunk of all time. And even if that's not true, he's certainly in the conversation between yeah. the dunk contest uh, where he had the reverse three sixty windmill. Yeah. Or yeah. the between the legs bounce alley oop dunk, um, you know he is certainly not to, in, mention, not to mention the elbow dunk, one of the like yes. nastiest underrated dunks of all time. Certainly in the conversation for our greatest NBA dunker. Yes, and but that's a debate for another podcast. The point is Vince Carter was a high flying circus act 
and he was essentially like watching a show that was filmed in HD on a standard definition television because that's when Vince Carter came into our lives. Vince Carter came into our lives in 2000, you know, 1999, 2000, right? And I think- Right, or yeah, I mean, late 90s with UNC. Exactly. When you you rewatch those dunks on YouTube today and they're shot in standard definition, you are watching a high definition performance that's in standard def. And, yeah. and, and, and it is abundantly clear. So when you think about the name Half Man, Half Amazing, or Vincenity, or, half, or, or Air Canada, um, it really speaks to his, his promise and his kind of like his otherworldliness. Uh, he was unlike anything we have ever seen. He was essentially a different species uh, yeah, when when you the, the the word that sticks out to me, like when I think of the nickname "half man, half amazing," you said it earlier, is circus. Yes, he was like a he was like a circus attraction, and I think of like when I hear that nickname, I think of like P.T. Barnum, like putting that up on like a billboard, like right. come see half man, half like you know, is he fully human? Is he a, some kind of a genetic freak? Like. Yes, he is. So I he's, rewatched. He's not a man. He's half man, half amazing. I rewatched the dunk contest last night. That that 2000 dunk contest. All right, here is Vince Carter with his first stop. <laughs> Let's go home. Let's go home. And I, I someone uploaded uh, like a, a version of it that was like 20 minutes long. So it, it wasn't just like the four or five dunks like spliced together. It was like you saw all the, the full moments. Contest. Yeah, you saw all the moments in between, right? Like yeah, you saw him yeah. like kind of exhaling and kind of like murmuring to the side and like talking to the commentators and whatever, whatever. And um, you really get the sense that like he understands performance like he understood Mm -hmm. like the heightened performative moment that was happening and he really was a circus performer and Mm um yeah which is evidenced by his 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 post dunk celebrations which are almost as iconic as the dunks themselves it's over like it's it's over over. it's over fingers point to the sky like those yeah. are those are moves in in and of themselves yes that, that are copied to this day yes and yes. remembered yeah and it's yeah. like how, did he plan all that in advance did he did it come to him spontaneously is he just that gifted of a of a, of a you know an artist of a yeah so a really i'm i'm pouring one out here for vince carter because frankly he has several nicknames and they all kind of work in different ways. Vinsanity, mm-hmm. you know, Vinsanity kind of became Linsanity, Half Man, Half Amazing, <laughs> right? Air Canada. None of these names are necessarily, they're all, frankly, very Toronto centric. Um, and well, I don't know if Half Man, Half Amazing is. Yeah, Half Man, Half Amazing is not Toronto centric. But uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe what I really mean is this. Yeah. When we think of Vince Carter's otherworldliness, we will always think of the purple jersey that he wore when he was dunking. Of and he has since gone on to a career, um, you know, he's played with the Orlando Magic, the Phoenix Suns, the Memphis Grizzlies. He's had a cup of coffee with the, with the Dallas Mavericks. He's now played with the Sacramento Kings. He currently plays for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, still playing, by the way. Still <laughs> is- playing. Which is a feat, which is a feat in and of itself. Yeah. My point is that, like, um, 
yeah, half man, half amazing. Like I will always associate something phenomenal and exceptional about Vince Carter playing in Toronto, wearing purple and those dunks. And that will always be like the pinnacle of, that will always be the most important thing he's ever done in, in, in my personal opinion. And he's done, you know, lots of great things. Again, eight-time NBA All-Star, you know, made several All-NBA teams. But to me, the most important thing that he's ever done will be those dunks. Absolutely. Half Couldn't man, half more. amazing. Half man, half amazing. All right, great you're pick. on the clock. Great pick. All right. So now this is my fourth pick. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so once again, I'm I'm uh, I'm still chasing the disappointment of you um, taking <laughs> Clyde Frazier from me. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yet again dip back into the the 70s uh, wow. and pick uh, Clyde New York. Oh God, the pearl. The pearl. Yeah, the pearl. Yeah. Monroe. Of course. Now he had. Um, Hope that feels another... good. You took you stick you took one from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I owed you one. So. Um, Earl Monroe um, uh, uh, is, is another player that, yet again, I, I've mentioned in, in previous drafts. I drafted him um, in, the, in the signature moves draft for his uh, reverse dribble spin, uh, you know, his, his, his right. dribble spin moves. Um, one of my favorite players to watch, just, like, incredibly cool, like, you know, like one of the earliest, like, real, like, playground players that, that brought that style into the NBA. He was, in fact, a playground legend, Um and did you know? Also a native of Philadelphia. Wow. Um, tying tying it back in, yeah, to uh, to all of our Philadelphia obsession. I didn't actually realize that until I think maybe I like sort of knew it, but I but I was I was reminded of it when I researched him for this. But um, yeah, a playground legend in Philly growing up. Um, before he was Earl the Pearl, he was Black Jesus, uh, which is a nickname wow. almost as good that I yeah. could easily have picked. Um, uh, also referred to as the Savior. Also referred to as a friend. Um, as uh, Thomas Edison for his ability to invent uh, oh new my moves God. On, the, on the basketball court. Yeah. Um, the man had like more nicknames than uh, perhaps any player in history. Um, but the one that I love is, is just the rhyming. It just, you know, again, it just fit his, it hit his whole aura so perfectly. Um, and, um, and again, it wasn't, you know, come uh, created by uh, some marketing firm or anything like that. It was back in his college days when he was playing at Winston Salem state. And putting up absolutely absurd numbers in his senior year uh, in college, he averaged forty-one point five points per game. Forty-one point five average. And what? now this was back in the uh, this was in in nineteen sixty-six, sixty-seven. And this was a uh, like a Division two school, Winston Salem. So it's you know he didn't have any like Division one records, but um, but yeah, he averaged forty-one point five points per game. Uh, and mind you, this is before the three-point line was invented. So these were all two-point shots and mostly long-range two-point shots. And on those shots, he shot, for the season, 60.7%. 60.7%. up. That's like a DeAndre Jordan Neal number. And he was, like, he was like spinning around defenders and throwing up these long-range twos uh, for an entire season of basketball and finished shooting 60.7%. He's six average. foot three. What? Yeah, that- he's six that makes no, no he sense. He wasn't. He wasn't dunking. He wasn't, you know, getting to the line like James Harden. He wasn't shooting threes because it didn't uh, fucking exist. He was just shooting these incredibly inefficient long range twos, 
and shot 60.7 and averaged 41.5 points per game. Incredible. And it was uh, during a stretch of these games, his senior year at college, he, he scored like 40, uh, over 40 points, like 12 games in a row or something like that. And a, um, a black sports writer for the Winston-Salem Journal at the time named uh, Louis Overbea, um, had a, had a sports column and he was, uh, writing about, uh, Monroe's games and he, and he, uh, coined these like signature games that he would have as Earl's Pearls. Um, and it was that nickname that morphed into, or that, that kind of like, um, you know, moniker that, that, uh, morphed into Earl the Pearl and it just kind of stuck from then on because he's Earl the Pearl. Like, how could he not be? It's just, you know, and of course to this day, people refer to him as Pearl and, um, so it's just, yeah, it's a fantastic name. It e- easily could have gone number two or three on my list, but I'm yeah. very happy, very happy to snag that one at Again, number four. Again, if you can be referred to it conversationally as the Pearl or Pearl, that's yeah. it. That's it. We know it's a great yeah. nickname. Yeah. All right. 100%. I'm up. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a six seven small forward slash power forward who spent 15 years in the NBA. It's Sean Marion, The Matrix. Ah. And so I'm not really sure how he's remembered today, especially maybe for our younger listening audience. But looking back on his career, man, it's inarguable that uh, The Matrix was a star for Mike D'Antoni and the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns. Yep. You know, he settled into a really nice career as a kind of high-end uh, role player later in his career, kind of like what Andre Iguodala is now for the for the Golden State Warriors. But yeah. this, this is a guy Great that comp. averaged 15 points and nine, nine rebounds, a steal, and a block a game over 15 years. Over yeah. 15 years, 15, nine, one, and one. Imagine, imagine that guy was on your fantasy team and he was in the 15th year of his career doing that. And yeah. um, just incredible. Insane. I mean, yeah, what separated Sean Marion really was his ability to defend multiple positions, hence the matrix, uh, the, the matrix, which, you know, speaks to his athletic versatility. You know, he could guard a point right. guard, he was a shooting sort guard. Of everywhere. He could right. be everywhere, right? Also, like, he was so high flying. Um, Sean Marion could do it all. Like, he really could do it all. And he was kind of like, an unheralded uh star frankly like i i I, looking back on his career now it's like god if guy if this guy was playing today maybe we would maybe we'd make um, a bigger deal of like his accomplishments but um yeah special player man sean marion the matrix and that uh, nickname works so well because i feel like i always i always think of um of that scene when like you know neo is like like you know sort of like figures everything out and like cracks the code and then like he goes into bullet time and, yes. he, and he's like, freezes and like time trick. slows. Right. And he does that camera trick where his body, you see like all the different like um, positions of his torso as he like swings his torso, like back and forth yes. like, on the axis of his hips. Exactly. And that's like how I think of Sean, Ma- uh, Sean Marion, like, yes. kind of like being everywhere, like long arms, like just flying. Like it seems like he had like more, like five or six arms, you know? Yeah. Um, like so like long and, and quick and lengthy and just like, yeah. Also sidebar about uh, the matrix, Sean Marion, he was also sometimes referred to just as tricks. So like when you're short, That's pretty cool. when you're shortening a nickname, when you can, yeah. when you can go from the matrix to just tricks, yeah, uh, that's pretty. That's pretty fucking great. As you yeah. know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, in terms of names. So yeah, Fantastic. Sean Marion, The Matrix, my my fifth selection. Uh, BC, you're on the clock. 
great stuff. Okay, okay. Wow. Um, I'm actually kind of happy that um, that you that you stole one of my picks because that um, en- enables me now to yeah, use my fifth up. pick on um, another sort of unheralded guy, uh, or perhaps uh, you know a little, a little forgotten history from the 1980s, Daryl Griffith, who oh, wow. had the nickname Doctor Duncanstein, which is oh, just oh, fucking fantastic. Doctor Duncanstein. <laughs> Dr. Duncanstein. Um, yeah, he got that nickname from his brother, Michael, who was a huge fan Michael Duncanstein, of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> who married into a family. Michael Duncanstein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and who was a PhD, so they yeah. had to refer to him uh, uh, as doctor. No, um, no, his brother Michael was, in fact, a, uh, a huge fan of of George Clinton's Parliament Funkadelic uh, group. Sure. Um, and of course, um, Parliament had an album and a song uh, by the name. The album, I think, was called like The Clones of Dr. Funkenstein. Uh, and, the, and there was a song, a, a hit record they had called Dr. Funkenstein. So uh, Michael, um, once he saw what his brother Daryl was capable of on the basketball court, uh, decided that he should be called uh, henceforth Dr. Duncanstein. Um, and it was a perfect nickname because Griffith was an absolute freak, um, high flyer, uh, very much in the, um, the David Thompson kind of mold. He was like a, a small, smaller guard, six foot three, six foot four, maybe, but could jam like, like absolutely no one else. Um, really made his name uh, as a college player at Louisville uh, before coming into the league and playing for many years um, for the Utah Jazz. And, um, yeah, he was just awesome. Could just, you know, have like a f- insane vertical, you know, th- the kind of dunks that he was able to do, uh, in college in Louisville at one point, he was, um, uh, someone tried to throw him an alley-oop that was like, he was like on one side of the basket kind of coming towards the basket and the pass was thrown sort of on the wrong side and he caught it in midair under the hoop and did a reverse slam dunk, wow. um, off, off an alley-oop. Um, and yeah, he was just a, a freak athlete. Um, he participated in the uh, in the inaugural slam dunk contest when they uh, when they resuscitated it um, in 1984, um, and um, yeah, he was just a great player. Uh, some people might know him only because he um, uh, when um, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, God, why am I blanking? Donovan Mitchell um, participated in the slam dunk contest this past season. He busted out a retro jersey at one point, number 45, um, which was Daryl Griffith's uh, old Utah Jazz jersey. So, yeah, props to Donovan Mitchell for knowing his history and, and, uh, and showing some love to Dr. Duncanstein. Dr. Duncanstein. Yeah. He also had an awesome poster. Um, the the Coast to Coast brothers who made all those great posters. Of course, there's a there's a tremendous one of uh, of Dr. Duncan Stein in like a lab coat and like a you know like a little stethoscope or whatever with like steam coming out of a, a like a basketball that he cut in half and stuff. It's awesome. You should definitely look that up. <laughs> all right, you got time for one or two more picks here? Oh hell yeah! Okay, Keep great. Going. All right, all right. I'm on the clock, so BC, I am gonna select. Uh, with my next pick, I am going to select Glenn the Big Dog Big Robinson. Dog. So um, I just texted you a photo, something I, I want you to look at. So the okay. Big Dog is a uh, is a two time NBA All Star, 2001 and 2000. Mm. He's all NBA all NBA uh, a rookie team, first team. 
He career averaged uh, 20 points, six bounds. BC, some names, some nicknames just make sense. Yeah. And that's, that why, and that's why they're drafted. And he's it's dog, less, and he's big. It's less about a player's impact or success in the league, and it's more just about a particular name that makes sense. And that's, I mean, that's what we have... Is- that's what we have in the case of Big Dog Robinson, who, you know, he averaged 30 points and 11 rebounds for the Purdue Boilermakers, but, yep. but Big Dog got his name for playing like a gritty, bruising, hustling style of play. And BC, something I, I just want to mention um, is, is, is fashion related here. And I encourage everyone to Google <laughs> image Glenn Robinson's, I was literally just say that. Glenn Robinson's photo from when he played in college. The neckline on this guy's jersey was like a bit revealing. Dare I like, say? What happened? Did he? Did he did, like get in a fight? And, like, dude, someone, like, it was tried like to tear his it off? was borderline like risque the way he like was he had, wearing like, his jersey. Three like three or four dudes were like trying to pry his jersey off of him at one point. So he wore the number thirteen, and it was an oversized jersey. <laughs> but it was a fashion and and I get it. It was like a fashion trend in the early 90s to wear like oversized clothes and we love that. But this was like he, like there's no way that jersey didn't slip off his off of his shoulder. You could point. literally see his beating heart like 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 pumping out of his chest and it was coming out of his jersey. Like that's how yes. low the neckline on his jersey for Purdue was. Yeah. Um, so there was there was cleavage revealed. Absolutely, we love it. This guy's a junkyard dog. We love a big dog who wears big clothes. Uh, the the big dog nickname just makes a ton of sense for me. Glenn Robinson again, career twenty points, six rebounds. I didn't realize he had such a you know like that's a statistically kind of a nice career. Uh, yeah, he he won an M- he won an NBA championship with the San Antonio Spurs as a role player in two thousand and five. Oh. So he was know, on that team. Quietly had a, a nice career. He was the first overall part of, pick. Um, part one, one leg of the of one of the early big threes in Milwaukee. With uh, that's you right, could really call it that. Although people refer to it as a big three because back then big threes didn't really exist. Um, but yeah, him and, and Ray Allen and Sam Cassell as, that's right. as the uh, the prototypical big three. There you go. All right, so uh, my my selection is Glenn Robinson, the big dog. BC, you are on the clock. Okay. Um, <laughs> Wow, so I have a lot of directions. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever, definitely like in my whatever I'm speaks in my to your heart. Yeah, God, there's there's a lot of picks here. Now we're um, just having fun. The pressure's yeah. off, so just whatever. I'm gonna whatever go with one. Fun. I'm gonna throw it out there, and I don't have any. I don't know the backstory. I didn't. Mm-hmm. These are ones that I didn't have as much time to research. Yeah. Um, but this nickname always struck me as incredibly funny because it didn't really make any sense to me. Um, it's the name Thunder Dan. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh thank you, thank you, thank you. you, Because why I have been fascinated with with Dan Marley. Yeah. Like I mean the floor is yours. Yeah. The name Dan just doesn't really lend itself to a cool or intimidating guy. Much less a basketball player. Anything at all. Yeah. Like Dan. 
Um, and then he was like a good player. He was a solid, you know, a great outside shooter. His NBA, his modern he, NBA comp for people who didn't see him would be what? Like JJ Redick, right? Like yeah, a specialist, like Joe, specialist, like, like three Joe point Harris. shooter. Yeah. Um, but like, but more athletic, like he could actually get to the rim and he could dunk. So, yeah. I mean, maybe he's sort of somewhat earned the name from like some of his dunks, but like he was not a thunderous dunker. <laughs> Thunder like, Dan's maybe a bit much. Yeah, Thunder Dan, I'm not so sure. I don't know if he created that nickname for himself um, or or if a, you know, if a teammate like came up with it ironically and it just kind of stuck cuz it was funny, oh but God. I got I got to give a shout out to uh, to one of my favorite amazing uh, inexplicable nicknames, Thunder Dan. Thunder Dan, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more here and uh, it's a classic. Uh, it's mm. it's uh, Big Country. Oh, that's Big Country Reeves. So, BC, we've talked about nicknames. Like, you know, it's a good nickname if if you would use that the nickname in lieu of like the actual birth name. Do you know Big Country's first name? I do, but I I don't think of it nearly as often as I I think of Big Country. Yeah. Yeah, So, Bryant Big Country Reeves. I was like, right. His name was Bryant. Bryant, Bryant, not Brian. Not Brian. Brian, not Brian with a Y. <laughs> yeah, Bryant. Yeah. Bryant. So, like, yeah, that's for the last me, name, I think. I don't for, think that's really exactly. To be a for first me, name. he's it's kind always, of annoying to say. He's always been Big Country Reeves. He's yeah, never been Bryant been. Reeves or Brian Reeves. He's always been Big <laughs> Country Reeves. Now we can talk about you know. I mean. Look, I mean, we we could talk about Big Country's professional career, um, if if you want. Like it, I, I'll, I'll say like honest, honestly, I didn't know it was a little better than I remembered. To to be honest, yeah. so he was he was drafted by the Vancouver Grizzlies in his second year, I think it was. He averaged sixteen. Is he a number one overall pick. No, he was like a. I think he was selected uh, in the first round, like maybe fifth or sixth, by the Vancouver oh, really? Grizzlies. Yeah, uh. he he um, he he averaged like sixteen points a game in his second year, and he got himself a sixty-one million dollar contract. For some reason, I I he thought died. this guy kind of like fizzled out of the league in a matter of months, but he actually had a nice little cup of coffee. Eventually, after he got a contract extension, he kind of struggled with his weight, and he kind of fell off from there. He had some injuries. But what I really want to talk to you about, BC, with Big Country Reeves, are a Mm. few personal details. Mm. And this is stuff in my research that I was just tickled by. And I just wanted, you know, I thought I would share it with with the audience here. So um, a couple of personal details. So Bryant Country, Big Country Reeves, he he married his college (laughs) sweetheart. They got married on a farm. Um, He has a 500-acre ranch in Oklahoma called the Big C Ranch. He has 100 cattle. Um, Mm -hmm. he, He collects pocket knives. I thought you'd okay. want to know that. I thought you'd want to know that. Yeah. He also um, also he he lists his favorite snack as uh, bananas. Thought you might want to know that. Also, okay. he right. has two brothers, Brent and and Brad. Um, <laughs> his hometown uh, has uh, his hometown has no stoplights. There are okay. f- two hundred and fifty four residents, thirty four cats, and forty two dogs. That is country. Um, also about big country. His favorite actor is Tommy Lee Jones. His favorite singer is Garth Brooks. 
His favorite, yeah. his favorite hobbies include hunting and fishing. Lastly, he is a 10-pound Shih Tzu named Dexter. Dexter. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Could not have expected that. Exactly. So um, yeah. that is my last and final selection, Bryant Big Country Reeves. Big Country. Just, yep. a, a, just a special guy, kind of an anomaly. Um, yeah. Also, I should say, uh, while we're on the, uh, on the subject of, of nicknames, he earned that nickname from a college teammate. So, so Big Country kind of came onto my radar watching NCAA basketball in the, right, uh, in, right. the in the late 90s and he played Oklahoma for, State he played for Oklahoma State they made a run and that's kind of when I became aware of this guy he earned the mm-hmm. nickname Big Country um, because I guess he uh, he was on an air he was taking a, a flight to to New York and his teammate at at Oklahoma State uh, Byron Houston um, kind of remarked that like, you know, like big country seems so excited by taking a flight and looking out the window and seeing like the, the landscape of, of, of the country from, from all the way up 30,000 feet. He just called him big country because he had never like traveled outside of his native, native Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that, I always that, just thought it was because he was big and very country. No, that, know? that's the origins of the nickname. Big oh, country. Wow. There, Love yeah, that. yeah. There you go. Great, All right, great you, got, detail. you got one more selection for us. I'll go with another lesser-known one, okay. and it's kind of in the in the same mold as Thunder Dan. I mean, should, should we run through? All right, well, all right, I'll just say it. It's <laughs> and you're probably not going to have any idea that this guy had a nickname because he's one of the most forgettable players in NBA history, except for one thing. But it's Craig Elo. Oh, Craig Elo. Yeah. Do you know his nickname? Oh, what's Craig Elo's nickname? I don't. What is it? His nickname is Eggs. Jesus, what? <laughs> and again, uh, I don't think this is a very well known or, or heavily used nickname, but um, it is documented that he was uh, he earned that nickname from a, uh, his teammate uh, early on in his career. He was playing on the Houston Rockets, and his teammate John Lucas, um, because they um, he didn't really get much playing time. They would they would just shoot around and and uh, and play in practice, and they would um, bet each other. Uh, on, um, I guess they would play like horse or whatever, one-on-one, and whoever lost would have to uh, pay for breakfast. And Elo <laughs> lost so often, apparently, that Lucas just started calling him Eggs. Um, but it's kind of a perfect nickname because Craig Elo is just like such a like plain sort of like, obviously the one thing that he's famous for is the shot on Elo, um, the Michael Jordan uh, you know, right. iconic hang- yeah, hanging yeah, there, yeah, jumper. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, you know, aside from that, he just didn't have a very, I mean, you know, he had a, a decent career. I think he played for like, you know, 12 or 15 years, but, um, just sort of a, you know, uh, a, a do it all kind of like, you know, sharpshooter. Um, but eggs for some reason is just like, kind of just sums up his whole like persona very well. Um, and it was a little lesser known, so I figured I'd throw it out there. Um, I mean, I could have gone with plenty of other great ones if we want to run through a few honorable yeah. mentions you um, want to do honorable but, mentions yeah um all right well i'll uh, i'll kick it off with uh and so i didn't include this one because it was in fact created by a um massive corporation for a commercial but yeah i have to give a give a shout yeah, out to course. grandma of because course on my list like yep it's 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 like the one where i'm like i'll allow it because it was just so perfect it's so perfect yeah that's one of the ones where it's like you know lj's nickname didn't really have anything to do with his on-court game but it was just kind of it was just kind of generated by a marketing company but frankly it just it was so perfect so well yeah yeah 
Yeah, we we love Grandmama. Uh, a couple of my honorable mentions are: I have Mount Matumbo, Dikembe Matumbo, mm-hmm. uh, sure. one of the great defenders and shot blockers of all time. Um, what I love about Mount Matumbo is it speaks directly to the man on the court and how he played. Right, climbing Mount Matumbo was a literal impossibility. You know yes. what I mean? Like no one did it. You would never dare try to climb Mount Matumbo because if you did, you would face the wrath of rejection. You would and probably die of, of uh, course. oxygen of oxygen starvation. Of course. Over yeah. three thousand career blocks. He averaged nearly three blocks a game over his career. No one to dare challenge Mount Matumbo in uh, in his heyday. One of the great NBA nicknames. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Anything else you want to mention? Uh, honorable mentions here. Um, I love Vinnie Johnson, the microwave. Yeah. The microwave. Um, Fantastic eighties nickname. I mean, a lot of these are from the eighties. The X-Man, Xavier McDaniel is fantastic. Um, got to give a a quick mention of the worm. Oh, the worm. Sure. Just like epitomized, uh, even though he'd like, I don't really know why, like why was Dennis Rodman the worm, but he just was, he was totally the worm. Yep. Um, uh, gotta, gotta give a shout out to Birdman. I know he's one of your favorites. Yep. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. I want to give a, awesome. a little love to Gary Payton, the glove. Yeah. Uh, yeah Gary Payton got his name for locking up Kevin Johnson in the 1993 Western conference finals. Um, you know, he, he, he just locked him down and, uh, his brother called him, I gather that, or his cousin, Gary Payton's cousin called him that night and said, um, that he had, uh, Kevin Johnson, in, in it was like he had him like a baseball in a glove, and uh, that was a nickname that stuck. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, he he was on the all defensive team nine different times over the course of his career. He was the only yeah. point guard ever to win defensive player of the year. So we love Gary Payton, and I should say Gary Payton had a son who played basketball, uh, who still plays basketball. And yeah. Yeah, he went to Oregon State. He recently had uh, a cup of coffee with the Los Angeles Lakers. He's kind of, he's like one of those guys that's bouncing around the G League. But Gary Payton's son, who I think his name is Gary Payton III, Gary Payton's mm-hmm. son, his nickname, what is it? The Mitten. The Mitten. The yeah. Mitten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Fantastic. We love yeah. it. Yeah. Gotta love a nickname that, that carries on through generations. Yeah. Anything else you yeah. want to mention? Um, I will, uh, just to wrap things up. So we've talked a little bit about how there are, there's no imagination, um, or creativity in modern nicknames and like PG 13 and CP three are right. just the stupidest, like fucking KD is like the nickname yeah, that Kevin we Durant get it. deserves. Those are your frankly. initials. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so dumb, but there is one modern nickname that, uh, I do appreciate and um, and of course, it was not generated by a human, but by a computer glitch, and that is Sauce Castillo. <laughs> oh God! Go ahead. Um, the floor is which, yours. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah. If you don't know the story, it's a guy named Nick Stauskas who is a pretty forgettable <laughs> NBA player, but uh, oh. somehow, like a closed captioning thing on a television uh, was <laughs> was uh, you know doing the. The, the live closed captioning on a on a play by play broadcast and for some reason when it heard Nick Stauskas it converted that into Sauce Castillo the NBA and then the some ge- genius who who saw that like captured it and put it on Twitter 
Um, NBA. To the, to the point where now people do refer to him as Sauce uh, Castillo, and he's like famous for it. Yeah. It's it's really the, the only good modern nickname. So. The NBA is the best. BC, thanks for hopping on the pod. We, Dude, uh, this was fantastic. The nickname's always. draft was an absolute success. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. We will touch base with you later in the season. And The uh, best way I could ever uh, ask to kick off a new year. Happy New Year, and we will talk to you later in the season. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for having me, Chris. Bye-bye. Peace. All right. That was the Nicknames Draft with Ben Craw. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Uh, You can email me any questions at OnTheLinePod at gmail.com. Visit the website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show at Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. Have an awesome holiday, and I will talk to you guys next week in 2019.